This WWE superstar Braun Strowman, and I'm not finished with singing. Never made it as a white head. I couldn't cut it as the guy in a sheep mask. So I shaved the sides of my head. I went to Raw and kicked a bunch of ass, and this is how I got over. <clears throat> and this is how I got over playing a stand-up bass. This is how I got over getting these hands in the face. Had a feud with Roman. I threw a chair at his head. Strap you to the journey. Hope you enjoy your journey. I can't stand this ambulance. I flip it like a man. Everyone gets these hands. Dream I'm not finished with you yet. Raw, raw. I'm not finished with you yet. Raw, raw. I'm not finished with you yet. The next bliss thinks that I'm cute. She's kind of cute too. I'm gonna go all the with you. Don't think I didn't give a f when Kane threw me in a motherfucking garbage truck. This is how I got over playing a stand-up bass. This is how I got over Elias. I hate your face. Let's run through things. I flipped every time I lost my s***. Production trucks and chompers. Rock Lesnar, you'll get clobbered. Grappling hook, that's legit. Still can't believe they booked it. Everyone gets these hands. I'm not finished with you yet. Oh, oh, I'm not finished with you yet. Oh, oh, I'm not finished with you yet. Oh, oh, I'm not finished with you yet. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast Elimination Chamber Edition. Uh, to run down the pay-per-view and the shows that we have so far this week, sorry we're a little early this week, it is I, the New Jersey Kids, Joe Sheehan's fault, but uh, I've got my tag team partner here, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Wait, wait, did you just apologize to everybody for yeah. giving them the show early this week? That's what I do. Man, you just got to like beat that agreeableness out of you. That is that is too much. We're heels, yeah, I'm, aren't we? I, I'm, I'm not. Well, I'm from New Jersey, so I'm supposed to be an asshole, right? Like, Right, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but actually, interesting fact about Elimination Chamber. Did you know that in Germany they can't call it Elimination Chamber? Yes, this is my favorite fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> they, call it, they call it No Escape, right? Yes. Because yeah. they cannot, they don't like using the word chamber. Yeah, they don't like elimination chamber because of, uh, well, you know, the concentration yeah. camp elimination chambers. So yeah, they don't like to use it. But uh, instead, they like to put together a show WWE does that is really, really boring for everything that's not one of the chamber matches. Yeah, uh, the women's chamber match was like, eh. And then the men's chamber match was, like, really fucking amazing until the very end. Yeah, uh, I, I think overall, though, the women's chamber match I enjoyed more, probably because, like, the ending was more agreeable to me. 
Yeah, it wasn't just. I mean, it's it's a little bit business as usual, but not nearly the same level of business as usual. Yes, as giving it to Roman. Yeah. But because yeah. we actually like Alexa, you know, she has character. Her character makes sense. Well, I mean, it's not that I don't like Roman. It's just that also the, the it's so fucking bullshit that like. Well, you know, all right. Maybe we shouldn't tear it. Because we've we've gone on that rant a million times. Maybe we should talk about the new thing: the fact that Roman actually cut a pretty good promo this week. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a very fair point. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the, the usual argument that we probably always make on here is mm-hmm. just that, like the the match itself was a good match, right? Yeah, like, the match. There... I mean, because it's just, it's just shit because it's they shouldn't have given it to Roman, and they're yeah. like. Man, because if they if, if Strowman had literally eliminated every single other guy in that match, like that that potentially would have been a star making like moment right there. Like he might have been just, I mean, he's already pretty made in a lot of ways. I was gonna say that's a he ha- he had a star making moment, but yeah, that would have been like holy shit, next level star making moment. And then to yeah. to ride that wave of moment, like that would have made so much goddamn sense as like the perfect story coming out of that match for the challenger for Brock Lesnar. Because the guy you want to send after Brock Lesnar is not the guy who got lucky enough to beat the dude who was about to kill him. You want to send the dude who is so badass that he could kick the shit out of every other fucking guy on the roster. And half those other guys were trying to beat Brock Lesnar throughout the year. And also to counter Brock's um, iconic status, you want to say, right? Like. Mm-hmm. The fact that they bill him as the former UFC champion, current WWE champion, like has actually beaten guys in the UFC kind of thing. Like to build up Strowman in that way of like he beat every guy in that chamber, including John Cena. Right. Like and to get to this point then you have a really strong contender on your hands. Right. And cause it actually yeah, it, right, exactly. It would do the same thing that they've been doing with Lesnar throughout this whole year to keep building him up, which is to have him beat every other guy on the roster. And it would kind of then emulate that journey in a very like condensed version where he like beats every other guy on the roster. So they're mm-hmm. like the two guys who have beaten everybody else. Yes. So it's like, okay, clearly they should be the ones who are duking it out for the fucking title. Yeah. Yeah. And Brock pretty much like he hasn't faced Elias, but I think he's beaten everyone else in that chamber. Yeah. And actually, I'm trying to think, too, as far as Elimination Chamber, has anybody ever done a clean sweep and eliminated everybody? No, definitely not. I is think that... I think Strowman has, I think he made history by the amount of eliminations he had oh, in yeah, a single cause, chamber. Because technically, he ended up eliminating uh, five people. So in a normal match, he would have eliminated everybody. But because there were seven guys, he needed to get six. Yes. So. But I think even... It. Even lower, like even a normal chamber match, which is what six. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there hasn't been someone who eliminated five. Right. Yeah. So nobody's done the clean sweep. Yeah, I think the most people have gotten is maybe like three or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, I'll right. double check on that, but I'm, I'm ninety percent sure. Like. Yeah, I believe you. I, th- I think that's about right. Um. But yeah, I, but, I mean, I've been hearing some rumors though that maybe, maybe Strowman's still in the consideration because there might be a like a slight concern about these steroid accusations. That like you know something could go wrong, and then it's like, well, if Roman can't be around, then 
We're trying to keep Strowman available. Yes, and I hear, actually, this is another uh, good transition of something that we hadn't talked about before. Uh, Josh Dumont being on Raw on Monday night, mm-hmm. he is included in that rumor mill that uh, Reigns is. Oh, shit. Okay. It's like him, Mark Wahlberg, and Roman Reigns were the ones apparently mm-hmm. called out by the... Was it the doctor themselves, I think, that gave the names or something like that? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. Is this guy actually a doctor, or is he just like a fucking drug dealer? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll fucking find out some shit. But then I, I had heard also that there was maybe an implication that he, like whoever the guy is that's implying Roman Reigns, was also implying that maybe Brock Lesnar could have been a client. <laughs> well, I mean, that's been proven, right? He He's still under right. uh, mm-hmm. suspension from the UFC. Yep. Well, not the UFC. I'm sorry. He's under suspension from USADA. Right, um, so that the anti doping mm-hmm. Yeah, and his, as far as we've heard, the he's still on like freeze, so to speak, from USADA because he hasn't he left the testing pool. Mm-hmm. But apparently, uh, I heard this week that he no one actually has to announce that he's re-entered the pool, the testing pool to get back into USADA's mm-hmm. like testing program. So. He could go back to the USC as rumored and as brought up by Mr. Roman Reigns, as we talked about in his great promo this week. Yeah, because, I mean, that was definitely fucking up there. It's definitely one of his better promos that he's ever cut. I would say top one or two, right? I can't. I, I know he's been. I remember there was one really good one he cut against Cena in his Cena yes. feud. So I yes. it's probably equivalent to that one. Um, yeah. This is good. This This definitely felt like. A little bit more of him really talking, even though it was definitely, you know, given the okay by the back, of course. But it definitely felt... No, he was shooting from the hip, right? He was really shooting. But it, it it was even like the way that he delivered it, too, right? Like, it felt like it just... He actually meant what he said. Right, and that's what we've been saying all along as our problems with Roman. Right. Is that it doesn't feel like he actually means what he says. Mm-hmm. It was their same problem with Cena for a long time, too. Yeah, that was well. That was one of them. Yeah. Five moves of doom and fucking shit booking was another one. <laughs> but but his promos were god awful until the Brock uh, feud, and that's yeah. when I think Cena kind of took it to that other level. That's true. He really did step up after that. With the same with the same kind of argument, right? Like you're not around all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am, and. Well, and, and I like that this one, it, it was kind of that, but it's a slightly different flavor because he was coming at Brock saying that he hides behind his contract and is an entitled piece of shit, saying that yes. the only reason that he works the way that he does is because he doesn't care about the company. He doesn't care about the industry. He just cares about making his money. Yeah. And that, you know, on the opposite, you know, Reigns obviously probably cares about making money, but he, you know, there is, he's there every day. He's there for the company. Yeah, he like he actually is there for all that, and he's grateful for that company too. And mm-hmm. he was also trying to draw the line too and equate that, that. So it's not just about respect for the company, but then doing that also equates to respect for the audience and for the people, because not showing up for the people and not entertaining them is like disrespecting them. You know, and and it's 
I like it because I I like that Roman Reigns isn't necessarily st- straight up trying to just say like, hey, you should like me because I'm the good guy and they're the bad guy, but just say it's like, hey, you know what? At the very fucking least, I'm there for you. Like, yeah, I'm at least showing up every goddamn week. And it's like, well, you know what? That's fucking true. And I mean, compared to Lesnar, I mean, Reigns has put on a lot fucking better matches this year. So that's true. I mean, when it comes down to these two, uh, I mean, I guess I'll cheer Reigns over Lesnar, but. <laughs> Man, you're going to well, the bottom of the fucking barrel for me to cheer Reigns. Well, after that promo, I'm I'm more willing to cheer Reigns. That's true. I like. I felt like he actually gave me a slightly more genuine reason to cheer. Him yeah, for me. Yeah, so, so I dug it. I dug it. Yeah. Uh, on the opposite side of the coin, though, we had some very bad promos this week. <laughs> Yes, there's always some bad promos. Slash segments, slash multiple people. Yeah. So, uh, we had two segments uh, over the course of 24 hours, and that was at Elimination Chamber, we had the signing of Ronda Rousey. And how awkward was she? Like, she comes out, and I get the whole, when you're, I guess, as big as a fan as she was of the product, and then you come out and you're cheered by the fans. I get the whole emotion thing taking over you, but I feel like she really let it get to her. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that. But then, like, also past that, she's a really bad promo. Like, she's got bad yeah. delivery. She's got really weird cadence. I, she needs a manager. I mean, I think it'd be really cool to see her with Heyman, but I could also see for a case to not put her with Heyman. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get it. She's got to remember she's used to like post fight and pre fight, just like little quips, right? Like not cutting a full on promo. Mm-hmm. And she's used to someone else holding the microphone and asking her questions and kind of like leading her. And the elimination chamber segment just kind of fell apart. <laughs> yeah, that was really fucking weird, especially with just the fucking writing of that angle was just really fucking like. Even if Ronda had been good in it, like just what the fuck was this shit? That and then like <laughs> the way Angle was acting and talking and, oof. So, all right, so like from Kurt Angle's fucking character's perspective, why the fuck do you just decide to reveal this information by randomly blurting it out, in the just weirdest way of being like, uh, I overheard them say this stuff. Didn't you say that, Stephanie? <laughs> like that. Oh man, it's been three years in the making, and now we finally got that bitch. You know where that would have made more sense, and it's been my problem with the writing of Kurt Angle, is he could have resented the whole time that Triple H uh, turned on him at, what what was it, Survivor Series? Yeah. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. So have Kurt, like, each time he sees Steph, be like, start, yeah, keep bringing it up and, like, show his resentment building, so that when it gets to this point, you, you remember that reason... And have a reason for him being an asshole to Steph and Triple H. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's just like, oh, you're you hate the two people that hired you. Okay, right. It's it's fucking weird because yeah, actually, you know what? It, it would have made a lot more sense instead of him just coming out with them and coming out to start this whole segment. Like if they were just in the ring, she's trying to sign the thing, and maybe she's about to sign it, and then Kurt Angle's music comes out, and then it's like, hey, Rana, before you sign that, like. Think about these people that you're getting into bed with business. Like, 
you know, they just did this to me. They've done this in the past. Like, you know, just bring up the litany of fucking sins. Of, <laughs> you don't even have to go into Vince. You can just talk about just Shane and – or not Shane, you know, just Stephanie May, Stephanie and Triple H because they have done a yeah. crazy amount of stuff just themselves. Yeah. Look at what they did to Seth. Look at what mm-hmm. they did to so-and-so. Right. And then, you know, all you'd have to do is just then Stephanie be like, hey, look, you know, we did – all those things are justified. Like, look, don't have to listen to him. Like, you, know, you haven't done anything to make us angry. We like you. We want to make you a big star. Like – Kurt, get the hell out of here. Like, we'll talk about this on Monday. You know, like, that could have made a lot more sense. Not, oh man, Kurt, you have to lie about having pneumonia, and then we have to <laughs> rush you to the back. <laughs> like, have, having oh, a relapse of pneumonia. A relapse of, like, what in the fuck? I don't know. I guess is this is this a situation, Joe, where we're forgetting that this is supposed to be written for like ten year olds, and that the swerves are supposed to be like really obviously written into the show, so that like the dumbest motherfucker is supposed to see this coming a mile away. <laughs> um, I I guess because I don't know. Like that's the only way I can justify this is that like I was watching this, I was like, oh wait, I forgot. This is written for like the same audience as like a Scooby Doo show. Who they've done many crossovers with, like <laughs> it's always like, oh, in the very first scene, the person who acts really suspicious as fuck, like completely out of reason. It's like, oh, okay, they're being super obviously evil, right? Okay, I forgot. Even like the supposedly nuanced evil characters, like Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, even they can't have nuance. They just no. have to be like, oh, I'm evil. <laughs> well, Steph is just a straight up like wwe robot right like i i would love to hear like if someone could get like a bug in steph's office just so i can hear like an everyday conversation with her and see how many times she fucking says like wwe universe or something like that oh my gosh because whenever she's cutting a promo it's just like robotic of like hello insert wwe universe like, how are you doing? Like, do you think it's just like Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and Michael Cole all just have like one hive mind that's just like the WWE corporate mind? Triple H, I don't see it as much. Like, him, do, like, do you he think does he can turn it on and off more. Yeah, because if you ever hear his conference calls, like before an NXT TakeOver event, he's very laid back and cool and like, he doesn't throw out the WWE lingo all the time. Like mm. Steph in any kind of public forum is always just like WWE universe, like uh, mm. superstars, like whatever they're like, you know, that list of WWE terms that they have. Right. Like, like they're not. Steph is superstars. just like yeah. dictionary of that. And whereas you'll, you'll hear Triple H like say different things and stuff like that. But you're right. Her and Cole are definitely like that hive mind from vince i think that's crazy shit well you know i I wouldn't be surprised if at some point stephanie's gonna try and like run for office or something they kind of try to follow in her mother's footsteps yeah i think but i think she would be like a better candidate right because she would literally be the maturing candidate like the one that they can mush their brain and like shape it how they want and she'll mm-hmm. just be that, like, robotic candidate of, like, 
Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, With totally. that creepy smile. I mean, she's definitely taken to the corporate world very fucking well, it seems. Oh, yeah. But then again, I'd, I'd be, it'd be really interesting to see how well she does in a company that's not run by her dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, Vince McMahon, for as many things that he does right and as many things that he is smart about, he is a nepotistic motherfucker. And, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I really I really would be very curious to see how far Stephanie McMahon could have gotten in the business world if it was not in WWE. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, that's why Shane left, right? Shane was like, mm-hmm. one, I'm not getting the option, the opportunities that I wanted to get here, and two, I want to see if I can make it on his own. And he did a decent job. He wasn't super successful, but I mean, it sounds like he was pretty fucking successful, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, he got a he got an on demand service started in China, so <laughs> like that's a well, hell, and I mean, you have to especially consider too that like. I mean, all of Vince's success, like, Vince inherited his success from his dad. Like, he didn't even start that shit. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So, like, if if, Stain, if Shane started anything, then it's like, hey, that's almost kind of, you know, it's whole own more impressive thing. Like, he already kind of won up his dad, didn't he? Because mm-hmm. he started something that worked. Kind of like, unlike the XFL. <laughs> and now Vince is trying to hey. come back to that shit. Jesus. We now have what? Less. We have two. Is it 2020? So two years? Something like that? I thought. Wasn't it longer than that? Maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe it is 2020. I think it might be 2020. I don't know. Well, is that sad? We've is, already it's... forgotten about like. <laughs> it had all the hype that week, and then now people are just like, yeah, whatever the XFL. <laughs> people will probably forgot about it the next day. It's yeah. like a 24 hour. Not even 24 hours. It's like a 12 hour news cycle or something. It's insane. It's like so many people have already probably even forgot about uh, New Japan's Honor Rising and all the insane shit that happened there. Yeah, that was uh, this past weekend, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. the exact timing of it, but I think it was this weekend, yes. Um, but yeah, that was that was a really cool show. And it's it's the start of all sorts of new crazy shit, too. Because uh, mm-hmm. it was the first battle between the Bullet Club and the Golden Lovers. Ah, yes. And it did not disappoint because we got uh, you know Cody and Marty uh, going up against Kenny and uh, Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi, yeah. Damn, dude. Some really like it's it's insane that like these guys have not tagged together in uh, I think it's like what almost like five years or something. It's been a while. Hi, yeah, however long uh, Kenny's been in New Japan. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a really long time, but then they just like have been. They clicked like it, it, they haven't even missed a single goddamn beat. It was mm-hmm. really great to see. So definitely anybody who hasn't seen it, I would say go out of your way to check out the second of the two matches because they fought on both nights. In the first night, it was a six-man tag. The second night was just a traditional tag. Um, definitely check that out. And there was a really great moment too um, in the match where Cody ends up stealing a kiss on Kota Ibushi really to get in their heads. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh man, the crowd was just fucking ape shit, fucking pissed for it, because like you know he got Kota like you know he was like beaten up and really mangled, and he had him just like, um, it was almost like this real gross sexual dominance moment where he just like had Kota and he was like leaning in for it and was like taunting the kiss and then he like planted on him and stole it from him, 
And then Cody was just like, or Cody was just fucking pissed and then just wailed on him afterwards. <laughs> Trying to get revenge for the, I guess, very minor sexual assault. Yeah, minor, right? Yeah. Especially in this day and age. Now, was, so was this a Ring of Honor event? Yeah, this is the Ring of Honor sponsored Honor Rising event. Okay. Because then a couple other really good matches on here, like a Dalton Castle defended the title um, against... Oh, shit. Who I'm, I'm totally blanking on the, who the fuck he defended the title against. Was it... Uh, no, it wasn't Hiroki Goto. Oh, my God. I'm t- whatever. I can't fucking remember right now. Uh, <laughs> but it was a fun show. Oh, no. Hiroki Goto defended against Beer City Bruiser. That's what I was thinking of for the uh, open world title. Oh, how did that go? Um, actually, that was that was fine. Um, oh wow! And then Dalton, oh yeah, Dalton was going to defend against Trent Barretta, but then Beer City, after losing to Hiroki Goto, got pissed and then inserted himself into that match, kind of. So that ended up being a three-way between uh, Beer City Bruiser, Trent Barretta, and Dalton Castle for the ROH title, which of course Dalton Castle retained. Peacock's oh, yeah. got a date with Jay I- Lethal. I would hope so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fun matches. Uh, great great sort of little card all around. Yeah, um, uh, I was asking if it was a Ring of Honor thing because they're starting up their streaming service. Right, Honor Club, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which has got a really good deal. nine ninety nine a month, just like the WWE Network. Mm-hmm. Um, same idea, you get all the backlog stuff. But uh, apparently if you pay like... So nine every month gets you basically the backlogs and then the house shows, I think, live. Uh, but then you have to pay extra for the pay-per-views, but you get 50% off because you're a part of the Honor Club. Mm-hmm. But then if you pay a, the full year up front, then you basically just get everything. So you get the, all the pay-per-views included as well. Yeah. That's all right. That's not bad. Yeah. I'm trying to, wasn't there something also too involved with like um you get like special access to some forums and and or some voting for something? I didn't read about that, but that was just what I gleaned from various things I read from like Twitter and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So there's definitely that maybe maybe some more stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah, oh and uh I also saw so I saw a clip from the Honor Rising shows. And it was the Bullet Club um, finally kind of getting their uh, attack in on Kenny, I guess, or declaring that they... Yeah, because, like, so after after um, Bullet Club had, or at least the part of the Bullet Club being uh, Cody and Marty had had their match with uh, Kota Bushi and Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks came out and then declared themselves uh, heavyweights. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of like got themselves directly into the faces of uh, Kenny and Kota because like Kenny had cut a promo saying that he and Kota Bushi, the Golden Lovers, were the greatest tag team in the world. So this is finally like the last little straw in the split between him and the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks are like, hey, what the fuck? No, we're the greatest tag team in the world. Yeah. And now we're going to go up to the heavy division and prove it by beating you guys. So... Looks like uh, the the young bucks are finally splitting here with old Kenny Omega. 
Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I really kind of thought that uh, the Young Bucks were going to split off from Bullet Club with Kenny. But yeah. I think this kind of makes sense. This is kind of exciting. Because I guess this does give Kenny a more clear direction here for a while. Instead of being more of a singles competitor, him being a legitimate tag team wrestler here for a while. Because then, like, think about the New Japan tag team scene now. Because, like, if you've got the Golden Lovers in the tag team scene now, you've got the Young Bucks moving up into the heavyweight tag team scene. You've got like Cold Skull Sonata mm-hmm. and Evil as the champions. You got some, you got some good shit going on. Yeah, and I, I like what you said. It keeps kind of Kenny busy for now, right? Right. It keeps him really busy, but then I, I think it's also interesting is like it moves somebody who is over in a really seriously huge way, like the Golden Lovers, and it it revitalizes and brings up another division. Because, like, they nice. could do more stuff in the singles division, but, like, bringing them over to the tag division then makes the tag division soar up, right? Yeah. Kind of uh, raises it up a bit. Definitely. Like, I could definitely see, especially if they end up capturing the tag team titles here at some point and go on a massive tear, that that would even really make the tag titles look just that much better. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm hoping they go for at this point is that they really commit to this and go for like a full tag team run here with the Golden Lovers. Yeah, I I think it would be good to kind of keep uh, like kind of occupied in that tag division and then you can go back to a singles storyline later. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, Kenny's so fucking over at some point, you would definitely, I think, want to do some more singles with him. Like it would, it would be kind of a waste not to. Yeah. And actually, no, maybe it'd even be better. Like his whole cathartic story of like him being with the Golden Lovers, leaving for a long time, being with Bullet Club, and then getting almost to that very top level, but never making it, and then coming back together and like reuniting with him, and then maybe now that he's like come full circle, now that he maybe he's now he's finally strong enough that he can get all the way to the top, and maybe Kenny Omega can win the title. Yeah, like that'd be pretty good. You know, whenever maybe like next year or something, if they're gonna do a, a storyline like that, maybe he could, he finally has it and he could get all the way to get the uh, the heavyweight title. I'd like to see it. I like Kenny Omega. I'm kind of a mark for him. <laughs> so you're kind of a mark. That that's funny, and also an understatement. <laughs> but hey, I'm not the only one, right? Clearly, yeah. there's a legion of people who fucking love Kenny Omega. <laughs> uh. Clearly, there's going to be a legion of people that like Big E now. Ooh, I'm already in that legion, too. <laughs> uh, because of this promo on SmackDown. Spritz so it's It's set up with another fantastic promo from the Usos uh, talking about their rise to their spot right now. Mm-hmm. But then countered with a little more serious promo than we usually see from the New Day. And I thought took Big E to a whole nother level. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Like, when I was watching this promo, I just kept thinking, not only was I just straight out impressed, but I was impressed at the level where I was thinking, like, this is Big E, the world champion. Mm-hmm. With or That's without always the test. Can you see this guy as a world champion? Absolutely. fuck Like, I've been saying it for years, and this promo super fucking proved it. Big E could be world champion. Period. Actually, let me rephrase. Big E should be world champion. Mm. Exclamation point. <laughs> now, Spritzman. 
Now spritz me. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that was yeah. fucking hilarious. Like, Woods was trying so hard not to fucking crack up during that fucking spritz me bit. Well, I just, I love how it wasn't, like, completely serious. It still had that New Day uh, touch to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh my gosh. I fucking loved it. The spritz me. But yeah, I, man, Big E has got to become a world champion at some point. He's got to. Uh, especially after this. I just and I just love the story mm-hmm. of the promo too. He was just like the Usos are basically trying to say that the New Day wasn't serious enough to be at their level. And Big E just countered with we've broken barriers doing what we're doing. Yeah, we've and broken got Exactly. Broken barriers, we've broken records. Yeah. And we did it all without famous daddies like you guys did. Yeah. So, yeah. Famous daddy, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> a famous daddy like you guys. And I love, too, with, like, the whole, um, I don't know, like, it, it wasn't, it, he wasn't going quite overboard with it, but I like the slight homage to Booker T with the five, <laughs> where he was going for, like, the five-time tag team champions, and he was, like, yeah, you know, really kind of leaning in with it. I liked it. It was just enough. It was just enough. I fucking loved it. I mean, but I'm I'm a big E fan. I'm a big E mark. Yeah. Who are you not a mark of? Jeez. Uh, I'll tell you who I'm not a fucking mark of. I am not a mark for Cena right now. And this fucking really? weird. Well, this fucking storyline is just so weird. Like he just, I hate how mm-hmm. he's just like, ah, oh, I'm gonna call out the Undertaker on Raw, but that can't happen. So I'm just gonna go over to fucking SmackDown. <laughs> And then he's just like, ah, guess what, guys? I'm on SmackDown. I want to get to WrestleMania. And the only way I can get there is to fucking be the world champion, I guess. Even though and the United States title is like an open challenge title. Like, you could challenge for that shit. Like, why is Cena not mad he's not on the top ten list for SmackDown? Well, again, that hasn't been brought up again, so... Yeah, that also hasn't changed. Like, it's just static the one time. It just happened. It's, well, that's a top ten list. That's it. In two years, it'll be the same top ten list. Yep. Even after these guys get traded to Raw, it's still the SmackDown top ten list. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also just love how, like, if you were Dan O'Brien and Shane McMahon, would you not be a little more defensive slash hesitant on Cena? Well, I mean, it's, out of the guys, it's like, all right, Cena has a very good paper record for, like, why he should have, a, you know, he should be able to demand these types of matches. And mm-hmm. as far as, like, his, he has that free agent status thing for some fucking reason. <laughs> so he can do that, I guess. And as far as, like, if you're going to have to match against somebody, if you can beat the champion, that should prove that you're in the championship match. That makes sense. So I'm not, mm-hmm. like, that part was fine. That at least, all right, if this is how they're going to react to Cena being weird like this then fine. But, well, you know what? I don't know. I, I take this back a little bit too because another thing I liked about the execution of it is that in the match, like, Cena tried to do a little bit more desperate heelish type of stuff. Like, when he tried to go for the countout win by throwing Styles through the announce table. Like, that's not a normal Cena move. No. He would not try to win a match like that. And it's just going to show how desperate he is. Mm-hmm. And I assume this is still just going to lead into like either Undertaker or somebody else costing him the match here at Fastlane, so then that leads to whoever he fights at WrestleMania. But um, 
I don't know. I guess I'm souring on it because the rumor that you brought up, I don't know. I just, it's so weird. What do you think of the rumors? So the rumors now are that Rey Mysterio is re-signing with the WWE. Don't know for how long or how much or anything like that, but the rumors that it is at least it starts with a WrestleMania match with John Cena. So I guess the question is, uh, we had the hint at The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Was that what it was, which was just, hey, you're, it, we're not getting The Undertaker match? Or was it the lie that they sometimes do to get you to think, oh, yeah, they're not doing The Undertaker match. Oh, shit, there's The Undertaker. I mean, but I guess the question would be is, what do they do to set up this supposed Rey Mysterio match? That's... That's what I cannot figure out is that, like, why would that river even be floating around? Because how the fuck do you set that match up? I think it's just kind of two legends, right? Like, kind of like a, like, Sean and The Undertaker. But, like, at least with Sean and The Undertaker, there was kind of like, Sean had kind of climbed every hill. So it was like, what else is there left to do? I want to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania because nobody's ever done that. Like, that kind of makes sense. But, like... Cena has beaten the shit out of everybody. He's beaten the shit out of Rey Mysterio. He stole the title from him. Like, after Rey Mysterio had gone through the title to be crowned the new champion after CM Punk had left. And then Cena just came in and was like, hey, you should defend your title. On the same night that he just fucking won it. And then just fucking beats him and steals it from him. Like, Cena's a piece of... Like, actually, that would be the one compelling story I could think of. For it'd be great to see, like, Mysterio want to come back and get some revenge. Is for when John Cena hey. stole the title from him. <laughs> John, remember when you were an asshole? <laughs> hey, John, remember when you were an asshole to me like many years ago? Well, <laughs> guess what? Revenge from the 619, bitch. <laughs> me and my lucha <laughs> friends, we're going to come and kick your ass, homie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lucha things. Yeah, you know, when Kalisto was talking about lucha things, he wasn't talking about doing moonsaults or doing <laughs> phoenix splashes. He was talking about coming in with a bunch of his friends and stabbing you in a back alley. That's lucha things. I want to see these promos now. I want to see like you a vignette see of like Mysterio. I want to see a vignette of like Cena walking backstage, and then just like the lights flickering, and like then also you just see like lucha masks just like laying around. <laughs> it's just this like creepy hallway. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he just. You hear a bunch of like, and he just like lays on the ground. There's a bunch of lucha masks, like John Cena on the ground. Ooh, or maybe they put a lucha mask on him. Yeah, remember like Cody Rhodes put the paper bags on people's faces. Like (laughs) he could put, they could put a lucha mask on everybody they beat up. That'd be hilarious. Actually, you know what? Because like, has WWE ever done like evil luchadors? I don't think so, because, like, I feel like the luchadors are always good guys, right? I mean, maybe back in the day at some point. That'd be interesting. Yeah, Rey Mysterio Mysterio leading a gang of evil luchadors. Like, Kalisto and uh, Grandma Talik and, um, shit, what's, uh, Lince Dorado. And Sin Cara, there you go. All all of them. Was, Was Sin Cara a heel at one point? Well, there were two Sinkaras at one point. There was the good Sinkara and evil Sinkara. So maybe that that was probably the last time there was a heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was probably the last time there was a heel luchador. Unless unless you count um, 
No, I guess because Andrade Cian almost wasn't a luchador in WWE, so. No, yeah. It doesn't count. Because I was going to say, then you, if you're counting that, then you could, would count Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, you would definitely have to. So, yeah, here we go. Mysterio leading the evil luchadors. <laughs> the luchadors of doom. Yeah, the oh, the lucha doom. The lucha, lucha dooms. Instead of luchadors, the lucha dooms. Yeah. I like it. Teach the world <laughs> about lucha things. <laughs> you thought he was talking about moonsaults. <laughs> oh, no. No way, hombre. We're talking about lucha things. <laughs> like Cena comes out one night and his tour bus that he goes home in is like on cinder blocks. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. That's some good shit. I like that. <laughs> All right. So when you were talking about the lights flickering on and off, I got to tell you about a fucking fantastic moment that happened to me this week. All right. So you remember long, long ago, I was telling you about her, and you, you remember the story about how my wife had come home, and she was playing a, a WWE like theme song all on her own. Cody Rhodes playing, theme song. Yeah, Cody Rhodes is uh, like the Broken Mirror theme song. Yeah. Smoking mirrors. That one. Yeah. <laughs> and how I was so excited. I was like, holy shit, wrestling has just entered my life in the most beautiful way. Well, it's happened yet again. So uh, my wife is a therapist, and she was at work the other day talking to uh, one of her clients. And, you know, this guy's going on about just, like, psycho babbling, different crazy shit about how he's, like, possessed by Satan and different things like that. And after hearing the way that he talks and some of the things he says for a little while, she figures out, it's like, wait, holy shit, I know what this guy's doing. Like, this guy's playing a character. Like, I know who this guy is. So she mm-hmm. talks to the other doctors afterwards, and she's like, I like, I think this might be helpful for understanding his psychosis. Like, this may sound weird, but like, okay, so my, my husband watches wrestling. And I was watching this guy talk, and he's playing a character. He's playing this guy known as Bray Wyatt. Like, he's oh Bray Wyatt. <laughs> so then they ask her, it's like, so like, okay well tell us about bray wyatt so she tells them all she knows about bray wyatt and then they write all this shit down and they're gonna start googling bray wyatt to be able to treat this patient (laughs) oh my god hey who knew bray would cause some good in this world i i know right and i was just thinking about i was like holy shit i wonder if like a lot of his diehard fans are actual fucking psychotic people that are just like he's right man (laughs) He's the eater of worlds, man. He's <laughs> we're just all eating worlds, man. Sister Abigail's in me too. <laughs> oh my god! I knew it was her this whole time. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like, there's a legitimate Bray Wyatt out there. That's insane. Yeah. And just like the fact that like a legitimate actual doctor is writing down stuff to go Bray research Wyatt. to go research like- Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, watch Raw on Monday nights. Like, <laughs> Yeah, go check out Monday Night Raw to go deal with your fucking psychotic patient. You know why he's crazy? He watched too much Raw. <laughs> <laughs> you know what might have cured him, though? Hmm. Is a, a kick from Dolph Ziggler from behind when you're at the announce desk. Definitely, dude. Holy shit. Sneak attack of the century. I just thought that was so well set up. Uh, you had uh, the whole storyline with 
Daniel Bryan and Shane disagreeing on uh, Kevin Owens being out there for Sami Zayn's match. And then Ziggler attacking was just so perfect. It was so fast. It was so well done. Uh, Caught off guard looks so real, I think. And it was because, like, Owens couldn't plan for that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I dare say, dude, I think it was the most well-executed sneak attack in WWE. Outside of, like, maybe one or two Randy Orton ones for some RKOs out of nowhere. Like, this is... Actually, you know what? I think this is even better because he he got legitimate sneak attacks on Kevin Owens, which is great. And then, like a fucking lightning bolt, just dodged over to the side of the ring before anybody else could see him so that Sami Zayn could get distracted. Baron Corbin wins a match. And then he sneak attacks the shit out of Baron Corbin. Like, in a legitimate way that it was like, oh, it wasn't just... Because I feel like there's so many times where people like sneak in and do something and it's like, oh, they obviously have to be looking the wrong way. To make the shit work. You know what I mean? Like they're constantly like looking too long the wrong way. Because they're trying to make sure the timing works. Like do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But in this case. Ziggler was so damn quick. That they didn't need to do stupid shit like that. So he could just actually like. It was so well done. I loved it. It was kind of similar to. I really liked it with the Raw anniversary. Where uh, Miz untied the turnbuckle, and the camera didn't see it, and so all of a sudden he hits the scroll cu- crushing finale to was it Reigns? Yeah, mm-hmm. to Reigns on like the exposed turnbuckle, and you were like, "Wait, where did that come from?" Mm-hmm. And then they go and show you later. It was like very similar to that. Yeah, it's like just better way to do it. I liked it, which is which is surprising because WWE usually doesn't change their. Uh, ways mm-hmm. all right uh final thing i got this week is from the mix match challenge mm. you saw this this week right yep so when have we ever fucking counted someone's <laughs> undefeated streak according to tag team matches uh probably never right never counted with goldberg never counted with oscar before because she's lost tag team and battle royal matches. Mm-hmm. So why all of a sudden did we have to make such an emphasis on her undefeated streak for this mix match challenge? I'm not sure. I, I don't think that it needed to be in there. But on some level, I, I really liked the way that she was playing it out, though. I don't know. I, just, I love that she was getting so mad at Miz. It was like, no, my streak. Like, yeah. I won't let you lose this shit for me. Like I loved that. So and so I get if they were, if they were good, but could they have done it differently? Maybe like her saying like her reputation, like totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I or think, something. Right? I think like you're right. There was there's definitely a better way they could have done it. Because now they have to win this right? whole thing now. <laughs> like you Ooh. just spoiled the whole rest of the. Right. Unless unless they're just you know what they're probably gonna do is at some point if they lose, Miz will get pinned. And then Oscar will just reason that it's like, oh, well, I didn't get pinned, so my streak is still intact. They're going to have to do that, Actually, right? you know what? Maybe maybe it's really smart that they brought this up because of that fact. Because at some point, because they're now going they to lose. It. Yeah, because if they bring it up now and she's worried about it, then afterwards, if Miz loses on their team, then she could be like, oh, well, you know what? I'm like, she almost like dumps him. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, we lost. And also, like, I don't even want to team with you ever again because you lost for us. And I only team with winners. 
Or like, she like walks out on him ahead of time. Ooh. Like maybe. before he gets pinned even, like she she leaves the match. And so she's just like, I wasn't involved at the end, so it, I I didn't lose. May, I, don't, I think that'd be a bad idea because I think that would really turn her heel. Like, yeah, I don't think that's, that. that was. I thought maybe the fact that she's doing it to a heel mm-hmm. in the Miz might help, but yeah, just something because now, I mean, I guess you could build it up the way it is now to like with everyone going well. Oscar has to win. Oscar has to win, and now they have to go up against, say, Strowman and Alexa Bliss. You know what they could do? Here's an idea. Because if they lose to Alexa, because I think that's who they're probably going to lose to is Alexa Bliss and Strowman. Because mm-hmm. Strowman will pin Miz, and then afterwards, like Miz could start getting mad at Oscar, saying like somehow trying to blame her for the loss, and then maybe she could put him in the Oscar lock or something. Oh like, yeah, shut him up. Good. Yeah, or like I don't know, kick him in the head or something, and then leave yeah. him. It's like shut the fuck up, Miz. Like <laughs> kick kick him in like the knees or something to get him down. And then mm-hmm. do the kicks that he normally does. Oh, yeah. Do the yes so kicks. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Thank you for finding the even better idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do for each other, right? Right, exactly. We just we throw something out and then we just edit it back and forth. That And that's like, all right, there we go. We found it. We got the idea. Oh, yeah. And uh, how did we do on our Elimination Chamber predictions? We are... <laughs> we did really fucking weirdly because... <laughs> Alright, so we had the only thing that we had different was the Elimination Chamber, and we were both uh-huh. wrong because you picked Sasha and I picked Naya. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, status quo, uh, everything is still the same because <laughs> nobody did better than the other. Uh, that's how it should be, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was looking back at it, I was like, man, like how the, we were so optimistic, like... We should have just both picked Reigns. Like, obviously, I don't know. It's like, I feel like there was such a compelling reason for why he shouldn't have won, though. Yeah. And I feel like they almost went what? with it, but... I'm I'm open to this way after that promo, so... I am I am more open to this way, because they, I think they've got plenty of room to still fuck this up, and I still think the fact that they already did this match a couple of years ago, like, people are not... Well... People are. I don't think people are that excited for it yet. Maybe mm. they can get there. Maybe they can get there. Maybe. If if there are more promos like this one that they had, maybe they can get there. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see Heyman's response now. So. Yeah, that'll be something to see. I mean, because Heyman's fucking a treat. Yeah. Always. Although I don't know. I'm. Can I tell you my secret hope? It's probably not even that secret. I really hope that Roman Reigns actually just gets in some fucking trouble with this fucking steroid shit so that they're forced to just go with the Strowman plan. <laughs> like, can that please just happen? <laughs> Pretty please. Pretty please. Is it that hard? <laughs> just let me have something that I want, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, I don't know. It seems like it could be a pretty interesting WrestleMania because, like, it looks like we'll probably get a three-way for the Intercontinental title. I'm thinking Miz is probably going to defend against Balor and Rollins at this point. Yeah, probably. So it's looking like basically these three guys don't have anything else. Let's put them together. Right, so we got those three. For the U.S. title, I'm imagining it'll probably be either Rudin, Orton, or maybe those two guys and Mahal at this point. 
I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell for that one. Because, like, with the way that they've been doing that story, I could kind of see Mahal, like, interfering at the match at Fastlane. And then it's like, oh, well, if he's going to just keep interfering, then I guess we got to throw him into a three-way. Mm-hmm. So we get, like, two different three-ways for the mid-card belts. We get, uh, I assume, still probably Reigns and Lesnar, but hopefully Strim- Strowman and Lesnar. Um, I don't I was I was getting some hints. I was wondering with the tag titles, do you think the Usos are going to defend against, like, the New Day, for example, at WrestleMania? Or do you think we're going to do maybe, like, interpromotional and have, like, Usos versus the bar? I think it might be interpromotional. Because, like, the bar cut a really big promo after they had beaten uh, Titus Worldwide this week, basically just saying, like, nobody's on our fucking level, like, really doing that almost like kind of similar to what the Usos were doing. Cause that was kind of why I was thinking they might match that up or match them up is cause mm-hmm. Usos have been doing these series of promos, just like kind of talking about their legacy the whole year. And then bar kind of just did that whole thing now where they named off all the people they beat this year. So I don't know if maybe that's going to culminate of like, all right, well let's find out who's the legitimate best tag team in WWE at WrestleMania. We got both of the tag team champions going head to head. I think that's might be might be what they're going for. Cause I would I'd be down for that. Yeah, I think it'd be a little more exciting match. Yeah, and plus then it's like you're not trying to because like there are there are other other solution is always to do like those three or four tag teams that it never fucking matters. It's always just a multi team cluster. Like this would actually matter a little bit. You know, it's like the two dominant tag teams from both sides of the roster, and they're coming together because I'm. Now I'm trying to remember, and I think back at Survivor Series. Who were the? Did they fight at Survivor Series, or was those, or were those two different? Um, who fought at fucking Survivor Series? As far as it was, uh, the club. Uh, no, not the club. Sorry, uh, the bar. I think it was the bar and the Usos. Was it the bar? I think it was you, right? It was the bar and the Usos, right? Because they yeah. also had New Day and Shield at that pay per view. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Okay. So this could be kind of like a rematch from then for from Survivor Series. Yeah, with both teams in a little better position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say both. I'd say both teams are in a better position because yeah. actually, like, I mean, it's it wasn't like a really great promo, but like at least the one the bar did on Monday, like that was a pretty good promo for them. Mm-hmm. So they're in a better spot, I think. Um, but yeah, we got that. We got. I guess Cena's gonna fight either. Rey Mysterio or Undertaker or somebody like that. We got AJ Styles versus Nakamura. We got, I assume, like, do you think Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn are going to make it onto the card somewhere? I think they have. Like, it's going to be like a five-hour show, so six hours probably. Maybe something involving Shane McMahon? At this point, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Shane and someone else versus Owens and Zayn. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if they fuck over Styles, I don't know, maybe they put Styles into that match. And if yeah. he's not in the WWE title match, it would be fucking... Like, can you imagine if they fuck that up right now? <laughs> it's like, we did all this shit, and then we're not going to give you Styles and Nakamura at WrestleMania? Yeah. That'd be fucking so weird. You know, there we go. We'll just have Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura. That'll be WrestleMania. <laughs> No, that'd be fucking god awful. It's gotta be Styles. Alright. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Rousey will have her match. Oh, yeah, of course. And the Cruiserweights. Uh, All probably in the uh, in the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal. Yep, Andre the Giant. Man, like, what a fucking useless thing. Have they... They have not taken anybody seriously from that thing yet. Like... No. What a waste. <laughs> it's almost like a curse, it seems like. Yeah. Pretty much who's ever gotten it, like, has been in a lull for a while. Yeah, it's like you never you never win anything the year that you win that. If you get anything, it might be the year afterwards, because Baron Corbin didn't even get the U.S. title until the year after that he had won. Yeah. Like, he went a full calendar year, because he had won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and then next year's WrestleMania lost against Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title, and then shortly after that got the U.S. title. Yeah. So, it's like, it just, it fucking means nothing. Exactly. Bollocks. Oh well. Yep. Alright. So that'll do it for us this week. Uh, check back with us next week where we'll have a full week to run down. And hit us up on social media. Uh, Facebook, Super Smart Brothers. Twitter, at Smart Brothers. Super Smart Brothers at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. Do it or die. Just kidding. (laughs) We don't care.